Good morning to you, and thank you so much for joining me here on the Diskem Medical Monday. Thank you so much to Diskem for being the kind sponsors of Medical Monday. And um, on this show, we feature, or I feature, top experts in specific human health conditions. And um, the idea is so that we can, you know, knowledge is power. And uh, if we have the knowledge, we can do something about it. And if not for ourselves, then for somebody else. Today, we're talking about something called complex regional pain syndrome. It's, uh, it's known as CRIPS. The first time I heard about it was about four years ago. And a very close friend of mine's daughter um, had CRIPS. And I, I just saw a child in pain. I saw what it did to the family. And... I thought, well, it's just a once-off. But it seems to be really more and more children seem to be getting diagnosed with Crips. So uh, there's a young man by the name of Jed Kagan and um, his mum. And they join me in studio right now. Welcome to both of you. Thank you, Kathy. All right, Jed, tell me about uh, Crips. Let's start at the very, very beginning. Describe the day that your life changed okay so i came i went to cricket uh, oh wait can we start there again just go keep okay. going so i had prick i had cricket practice that day and when i came home i was very sweaty and tired so i was just uh, relaxing on my mom's chair in a room and i suddenly felt this like crampy kind of pain in my leg so I just tried shifting my position to see if it would go away if it was if it was just the position but then nothing happened. So I was in so much pain and I was screaming and my mom didn't know what like what was going on. So she said I must go have a bath thinking that it would like uh make me f- like fresh because I was very sweaty. Right, or relax the muscles that it might help that way. And did it help? No. And uh, what did you do then? Then I just lay down. You lay down. Did you try taking any painkillers? Did your mom give you any painkillers? Yeah, I took lots of Nurofen. And what happened with that? It didn't help. Didn't help at all? No. And so were you able to sleep that night? Uh, Not really. Only for like a little bit. Shana, let me bring you in here. What was going through your mind at the time? Well, I was hoping that it, he'd injured himself playing the sport that afternoon. Yes. Um, so we were hoping that he'd wake up the next day feeling fine. We even actually put some deep heat on his knee. Yeah. Which he wasn't happy with because he was, it was painful. So the next morning we woke up and thinking that it would be gone, it wasn't. And by about 1 o'clock that afternoon, we noticed that it was actually getting worse and not better. The pain was getting worse? Yes. We tried to phone our doctor, but she was at Shul, so we took him to the emergency unit at um, MediClinic in Cape Town. And what happened then? Well, they did all investigations, and of course everything comes back normal because there is nothing wrong that shows on any medical investigation. And they were able to rule out any mus- muscular injury? Everything. Blood, muscular, um, bone, everything was ruled out. So they sent us home with some anti-inflammatories. 
And then... And did those anti-inflammatories help at all, Jed? No. Okay, so you go home with the anti-inflammatory. Yes, and already from the first minute, we had to get him crutches. He could not put any pressure on that leg. And that is what you see the Crips kids do. They all look exactly the same with their crutches, not putting pressure on their legs. Is there any swelling? Is there any indication of that there's something not right? Discoloration? No. Not, not immediately, but um, as Crip settles into the, the joint or into the part of the, the body that's affected, it does start becoming more and more symptomatic. And it does become swollen. It doesn't become swollen, but it, it smooths and it becomes a different color. So it, it, you can see it, but it, it will be a few weeks on. It, it gets worse and worse and worse every day, basically. So every day the pain gets, yes. gets progressively yes. worse. Some people faster than others, other people slower than others, but it creeps. Have you become an expert in Crips? Yes. So then you'll probably know what causes Crips. Is it, is it a virus? Is it bacteria? Um, is it fungus? Is look, it they don't know. syndrome? What is it? They absolutely don't know because there's been no research done. With Jed's, his case was a virus because it's this time of the year. In fact, the 9th of September, it was when the onset of his Crips. Um, his case was a virus. He had a double virus. Um, his body seems to to get viruses very quickly. So he's, he's often suffering at this time of the year. And one of those viruses actually became a strep virus, which is like a, a bad virus, and it settled in his knee. And that virus then upset those nerves in the knee, which then started sending this pain signal to the brain. And this signal then didn't switch off. So from that minute he sat down, those nerves went funny, and they never, ever switched off until eventually we found some treatment. But with most kids, it's an injury, which is normally a very minor injury. And but then the pain also. So, so it's something that can upset the nerves. It could be anything. They don't know if it's genetic Although we know that Jed has got a strange gene because we had to have an amnio when, when he was born. Um, but a lot of people don't have that kind of information available. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, growing pains. Do you remember growing pains? Yes. A lot of doctors like to say that these are growing pains and that they'll get over it. That's so terrible because um, clearly you're not going to get over something yes. like Crips. Mm-hmm. That's right. Gosh, so where did you go from there? You've been sent home with um, with this medication, and it's not helping. You've got a child whose pain is getting worse and worse every day. What's going through your head? It's just. I mean, is he is he attending school at the time? Well, he, he was trying to go to school, but it's not possible. Um, as much as they try and say that the kids must keep on being normal during this disease. It's not easy because anything, uh, 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 someone rushing towards them can upset them. And a ball bouncing nearby, they know that that ball might, or just the thought of that ball knocking into them will upset them because they're going to think that that pain is going to like get worse. So he used to go to school, but it used to be so much worse then for the next, that night and the next day that he couldn't go then for another two days. So we tried to get him to school, but... He basically didn't attend much those three months that he suffered. Jed, did, did you feel that uh, Crips made you feel very vulnerable? Do you know what vulnerable means? Sure. Vulnerable means when you feel extra sensitive and you feel very um, naked 
um, to the elements, to yeah. your environment. Like your mom was saying, when you feel anxious yeah. or upset that a, that a ball might hit you, even though the ball is being played on the other side of the playground, yeah. is, is, that, is that how it made you feel vulnerable? Yeah, it did. So how did you deal with that? I mean, did you just try and stay away from people and, and kind of isolate yourself? Yeah, like even when my friends came over, if they like sat next to me, I would try and move up or tell them to move up because I was scared if they would hit me or do something to me. And what, did your, what was your friend's reaction to this pain? Some of them didn't understand it and they just tried to like kind of play with it. Some people were actually just touching my leg. for some, I don't know why, but they did. And other people were actually very concerned about me and what I was going through. Interesting. Have your friendships changed? Yeah. Since then? Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. What was going through your mind when you had this pain? Did you, did you at any point think, well, somebody's not going to believe me? Because there weren't signs. I thought that I was never going to get better and that I would just keep on taking pills, uh, gaining more weight and just not doing anything else with my life. Explain explain the pain uh, where it was and how it made you feel. Can you try and do that? So the pain started on my left knee and it felt like it was on fire all the time. And at some point, it just got so bad that I wanted to take my own life. That's, that's terrible. And it was in specifically in the knee? It spread down to my foot and then like up my upper thigh. And was it sore that if somebody just touched, you know, just, just on the top, if, if I'd taken a feather and just yeah. touched your leg, would that have hurt you? Yeah. My mom like brushed her hair like very gently against my knee and I actually scrammed in pain. That's a terrible thing to do to your child, Mom. <laughs> that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how did you sleep? How did you manage day to day? How did you manage to wash yourself? How did you manage to sleep? I mean, in your sleep, you need to turn over. Yeah, like yeah. in my sleep, I, I used to, for my tablets... I had these dreams that were actually, like, in real life. Like, I thought I was proper, like, in real life. So I would jump up nightmare. and go screaming. It was a nightmare. So I was jumped up and screaming and, like, checking everything because I heard people talking downstairs. So I jumped up and obviously hurt myself because, because I couldn't put any pressure on it. How did you find treatment? Because it is, it is very rare. Yes. So we'd been through six private doctors who didn't know what it was or what to do. And then eventually someone said, go to um, Dr. Zeef, who is a pediatrician in Cape Town, who is, who's been practicing for many, many, many years. And he, he dedicates himself to children's rare diseases. And we walked in there and he said he knows what it is. And Just he like was that. the first... Yes, he could see, but then it already had, Jed's leg had slightly swollen and he knew straight away and he diagnosed it. But then we had to do other tests just to make sure. How long after that first day, the 9th of September, 
2016 was that? How long this was it? was about four or five weeks after. Wow, it's a long yeah. time to, to live with such terrible yes, pain. but then he still didn't know what, no one knew what to do with it. So now we had the diagnosis, but no one knew where to treat. Or the cause, because as you said earlier, yes. it could be caused from anything. His was a, was a Doesn't strepto... Doesn't matter what the cause. What was it, a streptococcus yes, it virus was a, in a, his knee? Right, a strep virus. So now you've got the diagnosis, but now you don't know how he's going to get better. So he's still getting worse and worse every day. So you've got a kid who's lying there, screaming in agony, 24 hours out of every 24, and you're thinking, how can anyone do this to you when a kid who's broken their little finger is rushed to a mediclinic, put in plaster because he's sore for a second, and off he goes home happy. Yeah, you've got a kid who's screaming in agony, and no one's actually worried about making sure that he's getting treated. Yeah. So we were absolutely besides ourselves, and we were actually going to take him anywhere in the world. We were looking. I wasn't going to stop at anything. The one thing that that Dr. Zeef told us, and I will never forget, and that's what kept me going, he said, do not read what's on the Internet. He said what is written there is only about adults, and adults do not have a good prognosis, but children do. I don't know how he, I've tried to ask him many times after this, how he knew that, because that is what kept me going. Now, unfortunately, I know that, and we know that in South Africa, because now we have found who treats us in South Africa, which is Red Cross, on our doorstep, but no one else in the world does this. You're on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Kathy Kaler. This is the Diskem Medical Monday. Unfortunately, we aren't live today because my guests have traveled specifically from Cape Town. So unfortunately, we couldn't do this live, but it is very important information. I'm speaking to Shana Kagan and her son, Jed Kagan, who on the 9th of September 2016, woke up, had a normal day, played a cricket match, went home and suddenly had this tremendous, tremendous pain in his knee. Uh, nothing could relieve it. Medication, baths, hot packs, cold packs, and uh, it just got progressively worse. It took, they, they saw doctors, they went to the hospital, and uh, it took five weeks to actually meet a doctor who could recognize something called complex regional pain syndrome it's known as crips and uh, children and adults obviously can get it uh, in jed's case specifically it was from a streptovirus in his knee and uh, over the course of of this illness it spread down to his foot and up his thigh his uh, left thigh Is it yes. left left so uh, how did you how did you find a solution? How did you find a treatment? Take us through um, that process, okay, Shana, so with Dr. Zeef. We'd Zeef. been with Dr. Zeef, but oh, Dr. Zeef. Zeef sent us to the back to the orthopedic doctor who was a, actually is a knee specialist. Um, and he then thought that maybe we should, so that we, we had another few investigations just to make sure that it is, it was Crips. This took another few days because even the doctors at the the nuclear med scans or the bone scans weren't too sure. Um, then eventually they they sent us to they were 
sending us to a pain clinic in Cape Town, which is a specialist. I think the doctor there is an anesthetist, a pain clinic. And then our doctor, Lauren Lee, our GP, phoned me. We'd already made the appointment and she said, no, don't go there. And I, I was just, I, I actually burst into tears because I thought, we've just got our direction. And now she's saying, don't go there. And what she was trying to say was that his treatment is quite harsh and it's not for children. So she was saying we should become, because Jed was only 10 at the time, we should become, we should be going somewhere which is more child friendly. So she said she was going to phone Red Cross on the Monday. She said, just wait for me. Just be patient. Just wait for me. And she phoned rheumatology at Red Cross and Red Cross said, no, don't phone us. There's, we've got a, a, a pain clinic. Phone them. And she phoned them and lo and behold, they know everything about Crips. And Jed was the 10th patient there. So we were fortunate that we were always pushed into the right direction and that we found them. But then, of course, it's a government hospital. So you've got to wait for your bed. And we had to wait another three or four weeks before we were admitted. 21st of November, we got our admission. And during those weeks, was the pain getting worse? The pain continued to get worse. It got so bad, he eventually wasn't moving at all. What does what does Crips look like? You said when it sets in, it, well, it looks it looks different. The leg, um, it definitely is. You can't say it's swollen, but it's definitely the wrinkles on the skin disappear. It goes different colours. It's different. It can be mottled. Depends on on because it's connected to the nerves. It depends on their mood. So if they're angry or in a bad mood, it can go purple. If they're not in such a bad mood, it's it's red. Um, depending on what time of the day it is, it can change colors. So you can see that that leg is different to the other one. Plus, it also, because he hasn't put any pressure on that leg now for a week, a month, that leg is starting to, to get less, it's got less muscle than the other one. Right. So you can so see the there's a so difference. The atrophy. Correct. Atrophy. So on our <clears throat> day of admission, we had no idea how we were going to get Jed to the hospital because he hadn't been up. So we were actually going to call the, the, See what's it, the the CSO the CSO. We thought maybe they'll carry him down, but you can't carry him because you can't touch him. Yeah. So we, we we didn't know. But anyway, he was so ready to give this disease up that he got up and he he took his crutches and we got him to the hospital, and he walked down that passage to get his, his injection that they were going to give him to help him give With it up. The pain. Yeah. What happened with that first injection, Jed? Did it help you? Yes, it did. Okay, and what was that like? It was actually like the most amazing feeling ever because like in the first day when they put it in, it was a 10. Then the next day it went to like an 8 and that was like a miracle for our family. I'm sure, and for you. Yeah. Right? My brother-in-law came to visit and he burst into tears. We said it was an 8. Jed's pain level. It's incredible because you were heading in the right direction. Yeah. After what, two months? It was was three months. Three months. Yeah. Yeah. Took three months Mm. of pain. But three months, we saw the least that other people have been. Really? Yes. We were one of the the quickest cases they've ever had into Red Cross. Well, we were. We, We were number 10 and one of the quickest ones they've ever got into Red Cross. So imagine these other kids. Yeah, this uh, close friend of mine whose daughter had it. Yes. It was about a year. And and 
And they exactly. were flying backwards and forwards yeah. to, to and from Cape Town. If it wasn't one parent, it was both. Yes. Or the other. It was a very, mm. very difficult time for the family. Sure, it's very difficult. You yeah. have to all be very together because it's not only the medication that then gets them right. It's then becomes a whole emotional journey. Okay, so you've got day one on the medication. Your pain is at a 10, Jed. Day two, it's down to an eight when you have your injection. Yeah. What happened on day three? Day three, it was like a four. That's mm. incredible. Yeah. And by day four, there was no pain? It was like a one or two. It was like a little pinch pain. And were you able to walk? Were you able to move? Uh, I could bend it, but like not all the way, because I started to like use it, because I haven't, I haven't used it for three months. Right. Right, and you've got your muscles that have forgotten how to walk. Yeah. Isn't it funny how the body does that? Yeah. <laughs> so did you have to, So did you then have to go for other therapies? Yeah. What therapies did you go for? It was like a lot. It was at at um, Red Cross, they have an interdisciplinary um, team that work on them. There's about 14 therapists. Incredible. That, and this is why it's so incredible in one of the few hospitals in the world that can do what they do. Because there's a music therapist that calms them so their nerves can go back to in order. There's a, they have a life skills coach. They have a, a physiotherapist that doesn't move their leg at all but makes them do physiotherapy in their head, knowing that they can now put that leg down without it getting hurt because they think that the pain is going to cause damage, but it's not. All they do is remember the pain and thinking like normal, a pain, if something's in pain, you think you're going to put a walk on it and it's going to be damaged, but it's not. So they have to realize that there's two different kinds of pains that they know now, and that's what they've got to work out. They've got to put the one pain aside and realize that that's not normal pain, that's Crips pain, and that now they've got to realize that they're only worried about normal pain. It's very human. That's why that's where the the human mind is incredible. It's absolutely incredible, Mm. and how we can find ways to trick our minds. Right. And how our mind can find ways to trick us. Yes, as they say at Red Cross, there's a fine line here between reality and getting better and medical and emotional because you have to and and this is what is amazing about them is that they actually look into the personalities of the families and the children and actually come in not from a medical side but from an emotional side to help these kids as well which I think a lot of most of the hospitals in the world don't have and that's why the kids around the world don't get better like ours do because our statistics are excellent they've all left the hospital and are crips free. Mm-hmm. And we need to get this out into the rest of the world. So how long did, you know, the, uh, is it a cure that they do? No, it's not a cure. It's just that the kids, um, so, so the, the infusion that they have, um, helps get the nerves back into order. So it, it basically like bombs them out a bit so that those nerves can go back into the the right order and then they have to learn that that pain is not a pain that they're going to worry about anymore and that they can now start walking and they have to actually conquer that pain and once they've conquered it they don't generally um, suffer from crips again because they've won and that's why you always see the things uh, like a, a slogan saying you have to beat crips you can't let crips win 
because, True, because Crips will either beat you or you will beat Crips. And what's so important is also acknowledging that there's a fear of the pain, of yes, the Crips pain. Yes. And that is part of the illness, mm. is, the, is, the, <laughs> is, the, is the fear of it. Yeah, because it's, it's in the nerves and in the yeah. brain. So how long did it take? Until to, to, to learn to walk again and go through all the therapies and come out of hospital and be pain-free and start getting your life back. When did you go home, Jed? Do you remember that day? It was... How long were you in hospital for? Do you remember? Only five days. Five days. Okay. Yeah. That's good. But so you, were still, you were still in the program. You were in an outpatient yeah. program and you were going and you were seeing all these different therapists? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on the day that I went home, the doctor said the best thing to do at the moment was swim. So every day with my friends that came over, I would like swim for three hours every day, just like moving it under the water, moving my leg. And did it help? Yeah. Were you feeling better and stronger every day? Yeah. Were you able to tell that you were getting better? Yeah. And I'm sure that that encouraged you tremendously. Yeah, it did. What a what a story. What a story. But that's not really where the story ends, does it? Because you came up with uh, with something called Jeddy's Teddy. Jeddy Teddy. Jeddy Teddy. Let's talk about Jeddy Teddy. What's so, Jeddy Teddy? So what happened was we we realized what a fantastic thing that Red Cross had done for us. And we knew that they, we, we had to pay it forward in some way. Because what amazing people these were that... Read our emotions, knew our family better than we did. They told me things I didn't even think of between my husband and I. They, at the time, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. Afterwards, I realized, okay, actually, they were right. And I thought, no, we've got to pay, pay it forward. And I said to Jed, you know what, we're going to make them a little teddy. I'm going to sew a teddy a day for a year. And we're going to give them 365 teddies to all the patients in the hospital to make them feel better like we do while they also going through their journeys of their diseases or pain or whatever. So I started making the teddies and then people wanted to buy them. And then we started selling them. We started giving that money to the Red Cross Pain Clinic. And it sort of just spiraled from there and, and um, became quite a, a huge thing in our Cape Town community for everybody and every kid to have a teddy and eventually, after the, the year, we did give the 365 teddies to Red Cross. That was well, recently. Quite recently. Yeah. And um, that was on our anniversary of the year of starting Jedi Teddy. And um, it did create quite a hype. And now it's gone worldwide. And now we, <coughs> we send Jedi Teddies all over the world. How wonderful that something yes. so positive can come out of something so negative. Mm. That you were able to take something positive from this experience yes well, and, we, and actually put it out into the world we d we don't want others to go through what we went through yeah. we don't think it's necessary but it, it hasn't stopped there because you've also started a support group yes for for parents and people suffering with crips yes is is your support group specifically for um for children with crips or is it for adults no, well. it's only for, well, for specifically children. for children or for adults that that now have crips because they got it when they were kids. Oh, so but they never got treatment. Wow. Mm. We have a few of those on our on our um, database. 
So what would you say are the signs of Crips? Are there, are there signs? No. So you can't say, well, you know, you might be here's a, a check. Person. Here's a, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be more of a, no. of a, of a profile, I suppose. But are there um, symptoms that you can say, you know, if you have X, Y, and Z, go and see this doctor because it might be Crips. It's only if you've got enough pain that you can't use that joint. Is it specifically in the joints? Crips. Yes. Okay. And, and basically you're not using that joint and at all. So, so kids get, can get it in their wrist, elbow, shoulder, knee, ankle. A lot of girls get it in their ankles. Um, and it's normally from a very minor injury. So the injury has got better and, and they're not feeling better. The, the pain is still there and no one can understand why. And it just continues to get continues. worse and worse yeah. and worse and worse until gets it gets treatment. If it's a virus, does it ever just work its way out? Um, any, any one of them can work its way out, yes. I mean, obviously it must, must do because with these, um, there are the uh, adults who weren't treated as children yes. with Crips and they now so have Crips as adults. Yes, so they, they, it, it, will, it can either work its way out, like I suppose any disease can get better, or there's the ones that will suffer for the rest of their lives. Oh, a terrible prognosis. I know. For them. Yes. So that's why we have to try and get them to Red Cross. And we've also got to try and get South African. I mean, we've got to get the private practices to be able to help these kids because they can't at the moment. There's no number for this disease. There's no number for the um, infusion that they use. It's not a recognized thing. How many children in South Africa are you aware of? I mean, you, well, you've, got, you've got the figures from the Red yes, Cross Children's Red Hospital. Red Cross have had 21 children in the last 10 years. Um, Jed, the, the, the little girl before Jed was a year before him. But after him in the next six months, they had three. So, so uh, slowly, slowly, there's more and more kids. As the awareness grows, there's more and more kids Showing up with the disease. Yeah. With, with statistically, it always becomes a question as to whether the degree, the disease is becoming more prevalent yes. or whether um, diagnosis is becoming more effective. Correct. So, uh, okay. But all 21 of those children are okay today and are Crips-free, although we do know that some of them weren't like that in the beginning. You know, obviously Red Cross had to learn to become and to, to be where they are and each kid does present differently so there is a challenge with each child absolutely incredible mm. so where where are you hoping this will go in with with the support with the support group well i'm i'm hoping that we can help lead kids to red cross if we can but if not um we've got a little girl now that we're helping in pe that doctor was willing to work with Red Cross to help her, which is a first. He's a private doctor. Mm. Um, we, we've got to get the medical aids to change because, I mean, I actually was with Jed in hospital. The first time I've ever needed my kids to be looked after in a hospital, him lying there in absolute pain and the medical aid telling me, sorry, they don't pay for, for this disease. I, me thinking that, oh, I'm always covered in hospital. No, we weren't. So, Jed, what are you doing now? Well, what are you doing now? Like, are you at school? 
Yeah. Why aren't you at school this morning? This morning I'm not at school because I came to Joburg. Why did you come to Joburg? I came to Joburg to raise awareness of our crips to schools and to be on the radio. And Wonderful. So you're going to be speaking later on today at three of the different schools, three different uh, schools. I think it's tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. At three different schools. What schools are you going to be speaking at? Linksfield, Torah K- Academy. King's, King David Linksfield, yes. Torah Academy. Uh, Torah Academy. Yeshiva. And Yeshiva College. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So how, how are you about public speaking? At first, when I, start, when I started public speaking, I was, like, very scared. Uh, I, like, fumbled a lot. But now I'm fine with it. And you've got a lovely voice, and you know your story better than anybody else. Yeah. So you are very prepared for what you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Shana, how do uh, how do people get in touch with you? Is there a Facebook page for Crip Support? Is there? How do people get in touch with you? We have a Facebook page called Jedi Teddy. J e d i t e d i. We've also got a website, the same J e d i t. EDI.net, and um, if any of the there are any questions, um, there's email, there's my phone number, they can get hold of me. Okay, there you go, Jedi Teddy. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I wish you lots and lots of success, and I Thank hope you. that with your success, at some point in time, you will no longer need an organisation. Would be great to help uh, mm-hmm. to help parents with children who have CRIPS. It's known as complex regional pain syndrome. It's also known as CRIPS. And, uh, yeah, that's what we've been talking about. Thank you so much to Shana Kagan and Jed Kagan, who is 12 years old. When's your, when's your bar mitzvah? Uh, the 2nd of February. Mazel tov. Thank you. Mazel tov. Good things, Jed. We're going to be looking out for you and see what you get up to. All right? <laughs> this has been Disco Medical Monday. Thank you very, very much for joining me this morning. And uh, I will be back same time, same place next week. God bless. Bye.